But I have to do what I've been positioned to do. And that's to give you word. And my prayer this morning is that somewhere in the midst of what has taken place already and what is to take place, that God will visit you in such a manner that you can't find yourself getting enough. Anybody ever sat in their life and said, God, I can't, I can't get enough? I mean, have you, have you really? And before you, before you answer me, I want you, to, I want you to really search yourself in that. Because when we, when we come to God and we go, God, we can't get enough. I can't get enough. God requires us to do something differently than what we've been doing in order to get enough. If you're not here on Wednesday nights, I'm going to encourage you highly to start coming on Wednesday night because we're starting to break into the tabernacle. And I give a preliminary preliminary, and then I've done a preliminary. And then last week we kind of we kind of walked into the, the outer courts and the inner courts and the Holy of Holies. And I'm just, uh, we want to break this thing down so that you get a true understanding of how much God truly loves you because he went through a lot. He went through a lot for you. If you're not a parent, it's hard to even try to compare that in your mind. But if you are a parent, what you desire in your heart to do for your children, God desires way above and beyond to do for you. I don't know about you, but JT calls it the goodness of God or the goodness of Jesus. He's, every once in a while he'll say, Jesus showed me his goodness. And uh, unless you've actually got up in the midst of that little storm, it's hard to explain what the goodness is. God's got a way about him. He'll break you down. How many men do we think we have in here this morning? God will break you down like a little sissy. That dude can make you cry at the drop of a hat. And then you get up, man, you got snot and tears and everything else flying, and you're wondering where you were just at. Wait till he makes you do it in front of people. I'm not sure this beard thing's going to work because it catches everything, and it's just not. It's not a pretty, it's not going to be a pretty sight. All right, let's get into some stuff and see where we can go. We've been in a series on the other side of the street. And if you haven't been keeping up, I'm going to just give you a quick overview. It's easy to look at somebody when they're going through something and say, well, if I was them. But if you took just a moment of your life, and if you would push aside your arrogance for but a moment and walk to the other side of the street, you may be able to view things differently. Maybe their decision was as bad as you thought it was. I mean, we've looked at Hannah. We've, we've looked at poor Peter. I don't know why I call him poor Peter. I bet you Peter is rich. I bet you that man had money. But we, we, we've looked at Peter, and I just I sat and pondered on this because I really still like, 
I feel like that we're still in that vein, and I, I don't want to just jump out of something because I, if ain't nobody else getting blessed with it, I know I'm getting blessed with it because it's, it's easy for us as humans to look at people from our perspective and from our point of view. And in reality, we should never look. God actually warns. He warned his prophet. You, you remember? Can we go back to David's anointing real quick? Do y'all remember Samuel? When God called him to anoint David as king? And all of his brothers come out before him? And the prophet looked and said, whew, the very first one, he's about as big as you. He was the first one to come out, all stout and big and stuff. Yeah. And he said, oh, that's got to be the one. God said, uh-uh. Don't you look on the outward. But you receive that person from the inward. Because see, man, there are so many challenges in life. We don't, we don't know what people go through. But yet we're so quick, man. We'll, we're gamblers. We'll roll the dice on that person in a minute and go, man, you shouldn't do If I was you, could you imagine? Hmm. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Can you, can you imagine if Jesus would have walked his life out according to Peter's faith? Because, listen, Peter, Peter was right there. He was right there. And something pressed him. And Peter went, it might be a little too hot in here. Let me go sit in the courtyard. Y'all remember last week, right? What if Jesus would have done that in the Garden of Gethsemane? He did. Yes, he did. He said, Father, if there be a way, oh, dear God, if there is some way that you can take and let this cup pass from me, that wasn't... Y'all think he just put up some words? That come from his heart. Y'all forget. He was fully man and fully God. So he experienced everything that you and I experienced. And I truly believe that he had an opportunity to walk through life just like you and I and make decisions based on circumstance just like you and I. But there was just one thing that was different. That's where he set his eyes. See, because we make decisions based off what we can see and feel and hear and touch and smell. And if it's going good, man, shoot, we got this thing. Right? But let, let somebody throw a, a rock in the pond. We get, uh-oh. Some of your responses are, if I were you, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> right? So this morning, we're going, we're going to stay in this thing. And we're going to look at the other side of the street. And I say, God, well, we've already kind of figured that 
you know, by looking at these other people that we've looked at and that we've viewed, we've seen in, in a lot of cases that we wouldn't have made that decision if we were on their side of the street. How can we shake this thing up? Look at Jesus. All right? Now, if we get on the other side of the street, we could only hope, or if we view it from our side, we could only hope that we would do what Jesus done if called to do that. But if you get on Jesus' side of the street, it encourages you even more. And it allows you to begin to start understanding, hey, there is something there, and it makes it possible for me to do that same decision. Do you know that Jesus died to himself? Oh, we're gonna, I've got a bunch of scripture, okay? So we're going to, let me try to float through some of this, and I'm, I'm not giving you any promises on how this is going to end. I can tell you how it's going to begin because it's already begun. But I've entitled this message, Finish the Race. How many of you know that we've all, we all have been put in a race? Do you know that you've been put in a race? You didn't have any choice. You didn't have any choice in the race. Thank God he knows me better than I. Right? Because if he did if he knew me like I knew me, he'd have never put me. Come on. Every, everybody in here ain't holy. Come on. You with me? I mean, we'll we, we'll do some crazy stuff in our life through this race. And I, I would venture to say that there's not one of you in here that has ever in your life entered a race that you didn't think you could finish. Have you? Has anybody ever gotten into a race that you honestly thought you would never finish? That would be silly, wouldn't it? I mean, I wouldn't want to humiliate myself. That's why Fat Boy didn't run nothing longer than 440 yards. That was too much then. Fat Boy liked them short and fast. Just get done, done, finished. And even after that, I was winded. Now, we may not have entered a race thinking that we wouldn't finish. How many of you entered the race with the hopes of being first? If you, okay, I'm going to help somebody right here. If you ever enter a race thinking that you're not going to be first, why are you doing it? Who wants to? Who wants to enter a race to come in last? The difference between these people that actually enter races that they get to choose and the ones that enter races they don't get to choose is the ones that enter races that they get to choose, man, they go through a fight. And they will fight. And they will fight. Oh, when the hammy locks up. They'll fight. 
when they run out of breath, man, they'll fight. They try something different. They start working out their endurance. What can I do differently now? Because last week, I ran 100 meters in 15 minutes and 67 seconds. What can I do to run this thing faster? See, it, it, was, it was crazy to me when I, when I was running track. And they would sit and go, okay, all the sprinters, you run the 100 and the 220, come over here. Okay. All we would run was 40 meters. We sprint 40 meters, sprint 40 meters, sprint 40 meters, sprint 40 I'm going, dude, we run with a hundred. Don't you think that I need, I didn't need endurance for that hundred. If I can get you in the first 40, nine times out of ten, you wouldn't go catch me. So we fought to get ahead. I fought to get you out the box. I fought to get that first 40 out the way with nobody beside me. It's amazing. It's amazing how one can run a race when he's got somebody behind him pushing him. Be careful. Be gentle. But isn't it amazing how much how much more you can do when you have someone behind you pushing you? Man, I can't lose this ground. I can't lose this ground. I can't lose this ground. And what's one of the first things the coaches always tell you? Don't ever what? Oh! <laughs> if anyone become in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. See, if we can just keep our focus on what is set before us and not get distracted what is around or behind us, well, we're going to finish this race. We're going to finish. Do you hear me? We're going to finish this race. Pastor, that's easier said than done. All right, let's go. Let me try to get you here somewhere. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Chapter four and verse seven. Now, this is this is this is Paul. This is this is the old man talking to the young man. This is Paul addressing one of his. I hate saying one of his followers, but it was it was one of his followers. He used to tell them all the time, "Follow me as I follow Christ." So he he was a follower of the gospel. But this is what Paul said. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Man, how, how many of us in here would agree that that would be a scripture? That we would love to be able to say when we're taking our last breath. I have fought a good fight. Not that I fight. Not that I just got through. Not that glad this is over. I, Paul said, I fought a good fight. I didn't, I, I didn't have to fight your fight. 
I fought my fight. That's where a lot of us come in last because we try to run a race that it's not your race to run, sweetheart. Huh? If God, if God didn't enter you into the race, listen, don't blame God because you didn't finish it. Now, if he puts you in a race, finish it. And he did put you in a race. Now I'm going to show you how to finish it. We're going to finish it like Paul. We're going to be able to say in our last breath, I fought a good fight. When nothing else seemed to be going right in my life, I fought. Oh, I thought I was losing, but I fought. I was hurt, down, busted, disgusted, but I fought. My marriage was in a shambles and jacked up, but we fought. Life wasn't good all the time, but I fought. Oh, I fought a good fight. That's not my last breath. You got, you got plenty more years, plenty more years. Die like Moses. Huh? Die like Moses. I'll still be, I'll still be sharp, be able to see. You know, here's the deal. If you rolled up in here thinking you're going to church, you stopped at the wrong place. This ain't church as normal. No, it's right. You know what? If somebody's going to interrupt me, interrupt me about Scripture. Don't interrupt me about getting out of here to go get your chicken off the grill. I don't see nothing wrong with it. But we do that. Here, here's the key to that, because I don't want you to get crazy on me. Here, here's the key to that. Love knows how to appropriate itself. So when you're doing things like that, and it's coming out of love, it is appropriate. And love knows how to appropriate itself. You can be sitting there. You know if I'm going on about something, it probably ain't time. Well, she found a bump in the road. She said, hey, pick me. All right. I knew God was going to be strange this morning, but it's okay. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I want to skip and say, I have kept the faith. Paul, didn't, Paul did not say, man, I come out this thing blazing. 
He didn't say, man, there was nothing in my life that I didn't have to face. Y'all remember Paul, right? I mean, Paul was so busted up one time, he went to the shore with just a piece of a boat. Huh? That's for somebody. Take the piece you got left. Don't you dare give up. You fight a good fight. gooder than what I thought it was going to get. He said, I've kept the faith. Man, if, if nothing else, if you leave this world with nothing else but your faith, you've won. You have won. And I pray that you leave this old world in abundance. I do. Yeah, I'm talking about all of it. I'm not talking about that you, you left this world and, and you were the strongest Christian and you thought that you was, I don't even like to say the Pope anymore because that right there, yeah, I'm going to say it, ain't no more of a Christian than an alligator in a tree. But not that you leave this world thinking that you all that in a bag of chips, but you left this world knowing that God is in your heart, no matter what. But you're going to finish this by God. And you're going to finish this fight. And you're going to finish this thing with faith. You're still going to trust and believe. No matter if you were able to succeed in this life. Let me give you a scripture to walk around with. You want this one? Those that will be first will be last. Those that are last to be first. Listen, don't stop running the race to be last. <laughs> Keep running. See, you got to be careful with Christian folk. Well, y'all take that scripture. I'll just quit this year. He said, I'll finish the race. My God, I just want to finish. Just want to finish the race. Nothing, nothing else, nothing else matters. Does it hurt? Yep. But nothing else matters. Does it feel good all the time? Nope. But nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. I'm gonna finish this race that's been set before me. It was set before me. He set it before me. He said, I know you. I knew you way before your mother even named you. I knew you in the womb. I knew you at the foundations of the earth. And I know that you can finish. Man, listen, okay, I don't know what you get taught in school anymore. Some of that stuff is just ridiculous. I'm still, I'd have busted a math teacher in the mouth, man, and she'd have said, now you got to do 1 plus 1 is 5 times 64 divided by 37, multiply and equal and all these boxes, and you do 15 different steps to get to the same answer. What do they call that? New math? What do they call that? Huh? Crazy math? Okay, I'm with you. It's called crazy math. 1 plus 1 is 2. But I don't know what you get taught in school. I just don't know. All I know is he's got that much in me. He's got that much faith in me. 
I said, have it in here. But we're quick, man. We're quick to forget about how much he believed in us. Or believes. Don't make that past tense. How much does he believe in you? See, you didn't come out to mud. It wasn't a blah, 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 And then there was a man. That didn't happen. Okay? It was God, and God said, and he done, and he formed, and he, and it was it. Okay? And it happened just like that. We didn't get to stand in heaven. I know some, some of you people that were born Christian, Y'all was probably one of the ones that was able to run. Up. Jesus, I want to go. Pick me. Pick me. Right? And then he said, okay, you go. We didn't get to pick. See, life can be so distorted because you didn't get to pick your parents. Now, come on. I'll, will you track with me for a minute? You didn't get to pick the life that was going to enter in and destroy you. You didn't get to choose that. God don't seem so nice now, does he? Come on, get real with me. Man, if i got to sit and think about this and think about it in my mind, I'm going, well, God, that's just rude. You put me in something that I was going to have to fight for to get out of. And most cases, I'm going to fight it all my life. Come on, we all have a devil we fight. That's why it's so important to be on their side of the street for me. Because see, if, if they looked at your life, and they probably are, from their side of the street, they're talking about how jacked up you are. And you on your side of the street talking about how jacked up they are. And we want to know why the kingdom will never advance because the house divided. Man, we'll fight each other in a minute. We eat our own kind. I'm talking about Christian folk now, so if, you, if you're not a Christian, you're not saved, this ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm talking about Christian people. We'll eat our own kind. We're cannibalists. Let one of our own trip bump our head. Uh-oh. Well, if they wouldn't have been, oh. They wouldn't have been out in the club last week. None of that would have happened. I'm sorry, I picked on some of you. Some of you ducked your head on that. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to call you out or nothing, Jay. I just, I just said that, and it just happened to be, it just happened to be one of those things. But I'm not picking on you. I'm, but we didn't get to choose. Never mind. Stop. We didn't get to choose what we had to fight. We get to choose who we fight it with. Ooh, 
Lord have mercy, Jesus said. <laughs> Today, I give you death and life. That's what he said through Moses to tell them, right? I give you death, I give you life. Choose life. In other words, man, listen, I put you out here because I got faith in you and I know that you can do this, but you're going to need me. In order to finish this race, you're going to need me. All right, I'm not a doctor. Let me preface that real quick. Not a doctor. I can't even speak some of their words. But we have misdiagnosed people for centuries. Well, this person's bipolar and that person's bipolar. No. No. Satan has a hope to something. Uh-oh. Rocky just went back to Pentecostal stuff. Uh-oh. Now, now they're going to start casting out demons at one church, you think? Oh, let me see you flare up. Man, we tell people that they're crazy. Chances are they might need Jesus. Now listen, I ain't saying... Okay. See? Church has done this. And it irritates me so bad that church has done this. That I've got to come back and I've got to put a, a fine letter clause at the end of what I say so nobody gets offended. I'm not saying that if you're diagnosed bipolar, you're diagnosed this or diagnosed, that you're not a Christian. So don't come to me with that garbage. I'm telling you, you got junk in your life just like I got junk in my life. But God said when he created me and set me in it, he said, son, I believe in you and you've got what it takes to finish the race. But because you have fallen into a victim mentality, you want to point your finger at me. Point your finger at your neighbor and somebody else. Let me tell you something. God said that he'll hold nothing good from you. Nothing. And if you don't believe it, don't believe it. Don't walk in the faith. Don't believe in God. If that's what you want to, don't do it. I'm telling you what he said in his word. He said, let every man be a liar. Let God be true. If I not said it, will I not perform it? You're going to finish this race. Oh, you might be second, you might be third, you might pull up. See, if I go do this, don't be offended. You might be last. Finish your race. But you won't be last because if I see you dragging, I'm going to help you and I'll be last with you. Boy, if all Christians would just jump in. All right, God, I think you got their attention. I think we're close to achieving 
My problem with, yes, it's my problem. My problem with today is there's so many people out there that won't finish. I mean, and we teach them this. Yes, we do. See, it used to be when, when people would get divorces, as they don't now. It used to be when they got divorces, they would get them under the pretenses of, I'm leaving because they beat me or they beat my children. They put us in an uncomfortable situation in the home. I'm around drugs. My kids are in danger. It used to be that kind of thing. Now, you want to know what the top you want to know the, t- and it's an excuse. You want to know the top excuse? I'm not happy. I know money play, money is a big thing, but that deals with your happiness. Well, Pastor, some people get divorced because of adultery. So, yeah. Just because that was a way doesn't mean it's the way to get out of it. Boy, don't y'all get me started. you're in this thing to finish weak you may be tired you might get broken and hurt it's going to happen but you in this thing to finish Paul said I fought a good fight look I know if you're anything if you have a little bit of Jesus in you you're not going to want to go to the throne and say I didn't fight a good fight, Jesus. Who wants who? What? I don't want to go to him and say, Jesus, I didn't fight a good fight. And I don't believe there's one, there's one believer, there's one Christ follower that would ever want to say that. want to go to your husband or your wife and say I ain't been a good wife, I ain't been a good husband you desire that? I think we desire so much the extreme opposite that we want our wives to say man you got when you got to lead them and teach them it's okay because eventually eventually they catch on and they walk right on in there with you all right. Okay. Well, I get lost. The people need to start finishing what they started. Fight the fight. You started it. Nobody made you. You started it. Finish it. Here's a problem. I thought I was going to the next verse. Here's a problem. A lot of what we don't finish 
is because of the faith fight that we entered into or the race that we entered into was somebody else's race for them to run. And because we couldn't finish the race the way they could finish the race, we sought and seen failure, and then we became... Now, we a victim. Well, if they wouldn't hold me back, ain't nobody holding you back. Was that the race you was called to? I'm going to simplify for you so much this morning. If you don't walk out of here free, it's because you don't want to be. It's because you don't want to be. Let me tell you something. God puts you in a race. By the end of this word, you're going to know what that race is. I wish these lights were a little brighter, Tommy. I wish they would go... Because this is what's happening. This is what's happening. There are races being designed. There are races being designed by people holding mics. Stick with me. Put your seatbelt on. Man, we want to preach about your destiny. Well, I turned something total contrary to that word because it's not your destiny. It's his destiny. He just puts you in it. Boy, that freed me up so much when God told me that, so this ain't your destiny. This is my destiny. I'm just giving you the grace to come in. It's his destiny. It ain't your destiny. So quit listening to these people hold, and I'm talking about preachers that are telling you all these things that, man, you should be chasing and you've got a ministry in you and you should be this and you should do that and you should be and you should be. And then you go home and you can't sleep. And you're fighting the whole time. You can't get your stuff together. Nothing ever works out right. You stress day after day after day because you're falling less than what he said that you should be. Man, not God. So I, I, the race that you've been entered into is the race of faith. finished I finished the race I kept the faith could you imagine if the apostles would have brought Paul in and had Paul lead the church or be the, the campus pastor that's, a, that's used a lot today campus pastors and had the campus pastor take over Ephesus, and that's all he oversaw? I don't think we would have read half of what we've read in the Word. Paul wrote 13 epistles that you read, that we preach from. And he wrote 13 of them in jail. 
See, when we think that everything around us is gone, Paul said, hey, <laughs> do me a favor, brother, would you? When you come see me, and I hope and pray that you get here before winter, he did. He said, bring my coat. Come on, read the Bible. Bring your coat. Bring my books. And bring me some paper. He said, because what I got ain't done yet. I got to put this stuff down, baby. Huh? And he said, hurry up. Don't wait to get over here and get by winter. Come on. Get here before winter because one is going to be cold. I got word in me I got to get out. Get over here. What if his race would have been put on him by the other apostles and he would have been leading just the church of Ephesus? And then he was in prison. Then what? Man, we're running races that weren't designed for us. God said, I'll put you in the race. I'll make sure that you finish the race if you run it with me. We trying to do stuff off other people's faith. That, that's why we got such a such a great such a great distraction in church and a great falling away is because people have got it in their mind like that, man. I gotta run this according to somebody else's faith. And when they can't make it the way the other person made it, it's failure all over again. And they go, Well, I've tried this Jesus thing. Come on, you. Drop the mic. That's right. See, because that's what we've done. We've set our success up on the things that come from the race when we should be setting our success up to if we finish the race and keep the faith. As long as I keep a faith, baby, I won. I won. Finished, and I won. Paul recognized that he was set in a race from God. And he ran the race set before him with the understanding that if he would just cling to and hold to, that when it was all over, it would be life ever after. With him. He didn't run your race. He didn't run mine. You're not designed for mine. I'm not designed for some of y'all's. God help me if I had to go through some of the things that you go through. And vice versa. Let's go to Hebrews. You okay? Man, if you don't get the spiritual concept of this thing this morning, please get this kind of concept. Don't run your race with somebody else's faith. Okay? It's going to set you up for failure. You got to know who you are in Christ. Not who your grandma was. Okay? Hebrews 11, 
starting at verse 30. This is kind of lengthy. But this is a good word. Amen, Pastor. Pastor, I really am glad that you're not like Paul and you would preach. You'd start in the evening and preach all night long and all up into the early hours of the morning and call some of us that go to sleep while you're preaching to fall out a third-story window to the ground and die. Pastor, I sure am happy that you're not Paul. Pastor, I sure am happy that you're not running Paul's race so you can deal with a few scripture. Y'all do remember that, right? Poor guy. I read that again the other day, and the first thing that hit me in, in my head was don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable in the pain. That's what it was. Don't get comfortable in the pain. When I read it, that, that thought just went boom, and it hit me right in the face. It said, don't get comfortable in the pain. Window pane, don't get comfortable. You'll fall out. See how my mind works? And y'all want me to put sermons together. And I'm saying, don't, huh? Praise the Lord. All right, Hebrews 11.30. I'm trying to get you out of here before three. By faith, the what? All right, now listen, listen. This is why this is important. This is why this is important. This is about your faith. Your race is about your faith. Your race is not about what you accomplish on this earth. It's not about how many people you led to Christ. While you're, that's part of it. That's not, your, that's not your race. That's just a, that's a sidebar. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she was received the spies with peace, when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon. Basically, man, i got to talk to you some more. i got to tell you, let me, because this ain't getting to you. I'm going to give you some more right here. See, this is Paul's kind of preaching. Paul said, I should be able to leave it right there, but by the looks on your face, I can't stop. i got to get, hey, wake up. Don't fall out the window. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of the weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of martyrdom of mockings and scourgings yes and of chains and imprisonment I'm sure that had to be him he was talking about himself there for a minute Paul gloats they were stoned they were sawn in they were sawn in two not your magical show 
were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these... All of you, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Have you ever thought about Jesus? what he faced man if we set our life and our our journey up if we set all of that stuff up based on what we go through and what we see and how we feel could you imagine Jesus doing that forget about all the other times let's just talk about him when he hit the garden When he faced, when he faced man himself, when he faced man, and man said, "Man, we don't want to do this, man. This is too much." Are you kidding me? Jesus, right now we bleed through our pores. Surely there's got to be a better. Just ask God. Ask God if there's a better way. So what Jesus said, Father, not once, not twice, but thrice. Let this cup pass. Man, if there's any other way that this can happen, God, if we, can, if we could kill another goat or something. Y'all don't think like me. Y'all, and most of you have set Jesus in such a holy place in Scripture that you'll never be able to put yourself with Jesus as he walked this earth as man. Because you look at him as God. He was God, man. He was God. He was God. He was God. No, he was man. And because he went through what he went through, he set the pace. He set the pace for the race. And he said, Rocky, I'm going to call you on into this race. But check this out. I've already set the pace for you, baby. You just run this race with me, you're going to finish. You're going to get through. You're going to make it. Just fight a good fight. How did Jesus do it? Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. He's talking about all these people that have gone before you. Isn't it easier to go through things in your life when you have people cheering you on? 
And I'm not talking about people. Okay. Because some of you said, those people. Yeah, let's talk about those people for a minute. I'm not talking... I'm not talking about the ones that stand on the outskirts of your issue and clap their hands. I'm talking about the ones that's already been there. What better tutelage can you get than from someone that's already walked the walk? He ain't just talking. There's a bunch of them. I ain't saying be mean to me. Keep you out. Keep the enemies real close. <laughs> okay. Whew. Jesus. With this great cloud of witnesses that's cheering us on, that's already gone through, they've, they've gone through things that you will never experience, but yet they went through them with the faith. And if they've gone through what they've gone through with the faith, let us lay aside every weight. What's your weight? It's not sin because that he set that apart. He said, let's set aside every weight. What's your weight? What do you constantly find yourself struggling and dragging? What's your weight? Hurt? Betrayal? Sickness? What's your weight? Your mind? Some people got some whirly birds up there. What, what you wait? See, until you're able to recognize the weight that you're dragging, you're not going to be able to cut loose of that thing anyway. See, you're, we, oh. We have gone through life for so long with this, and taking the time to figure out this. Who am I holding on to? Why, why is it every time I go through something in life, the first thing out of my mouth is, well, I can't believe that they... And maybe the whole time God's saying, it's your weight. I'm just trying to add the pounds to it so you can recognize it. I can get you to if I can get you to recognize that you got to lean to the right, maybe you'll look over here and you'll see it. Maybe the things that I'm putting you in the middle of are the things, the very things that's adding to your weight that I want you to cut loose. But you have forgotten the race that I've put you in. Your race has now become. about that person. Right? Getting over that person. Not wanting to hear what that one said. Because we're getting distracted in the race. Friend, you're looking over your shoulder. Stop. 
If you want to lose, look over your shoulder. Ain't that what she did? And she lost. I didn't even have that in my notes. Man, that's like that was like manna from heaven. Write that down right there. That's like manna from heaven. Get rid of your weight. You son, daughter, you have a race to run. And that race was designed specifically. <laughs> you were set up. You were set. You were set up. Oh boy, if I could have gambled on that stuff. Huh? Because you're supposed to win. He he stacked the deck. He said, oh, he's going to run into this, but I'm going to give him that right there. He's going to have to hear this, but this right here is going to take care of that. This right here is going to go there, but I'm going to give him. There's an ace up the sleeve all the time. Oh, you're going to go through some stuff. Jesus said, what makes you think that you ain't going to face tribulation? Matter of fact, he said, oh, you're going to face tribulation in this world, but fear not, for I've overcome the world. Run the race. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. Anybody got sins that just easily just jump up and just smack you? Don't raise your hand. Because... Because as soon as you do, you're going to have that holier than thou. They're going to say something. Then you're going to get offended. You're going to get hurt. Then you're going to fall out the faith. And I'm trying to get you to run the race and finish. Okay? So just, I just, it's like a little reminder for you. That we all deal. Well, I love it when they don't want to agree. But we all deal. Put all the stuff aside and let us run with endurance. Not quitting. Pace yourself. Practice. You want to be good at forgiving? Practice at forgiving. You want to be good at praying? Practice. Right? We want the spotlight without turning on the switch. Practice, baby. You can do this thing, but you got to practice. You won't be a you won't be a good Christian, a better Christian. I mean, I would hope that your desire, Father in heaven, I pray that your desire be implanted in their heart, and that it would call such a hunger and thirst for righteousness that their desire would be better in you. We all should want to be better.
God, I want to love you better. I want to love you more. I want to be with you more. We all should want that desire. That, that should be in us. That's not something you got to drum up. It should be in you. If you really had an encounter with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit convicted your heart to cause you to step out and say, God, I am nothing but filthy rags in front of you and I need you in my life. And without you, I can't make it. Man, if you have professed Jesus as your Savior, there shouldn't be nothing inside of you that outweighs your desire to spend more time and to be better with Him. And if it does, check it. Because now you're fighting and dealing with that weight. There's an idolatry. Oh, pastor, why you got to get up in the living room? I want you to be better. I want you to finish this race. Looking. This is how, this is how you do it. Looking unto Jesus. Come on, look, guys. He's the author. He wrote it, and he finished it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. <laughs> How did Jesus do it? Like this. Who for the joy... I don't know how you come up. I don't know how you come up and how you were taught to face tragedies and circumstances in your life, but I can assure you, you probably wasn't never told. Be joyful in him. You probably weren't told that. Because we've been running the wrong race. Because now if I see you in an issue, I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame your hard headedness. I'm being for real now. I'm blaming I'm blaming your hard headedness. I'm I'm blaming your pride. I'm blaming your arrogance. I'm blaming your sin. I'm blaming it all because of what you ain't got to. And the whole time. should be going or do you see the joy set in front of you because you finished this race you fight a good fight this time you keep the faith now sometimes I don't even like reading the Bible because it says stuff like there's nothing good in you saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if we leave it up to ourselves, we will take everybody down around us just so that we can get what we want. If I thought for one second 
that I could say something about you that make me look better? I'm saying it. Listen, that's what we do. Don't you? I walk in with her boots with them some ugly boots just so everybody can look at my boots and say, I like yours better. But see what? You've never done that? The altar will be open today from 2 o'clock to 12. Tonight. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame. Jesus said, oh, God put me in a race. And he knew I could make the race. He knew I was going to finish. He knew all this was going to take place. Wow. Despising the shame, Jesus? Jesus would have experienced shame. He knew what shame was to him. He understood the word shame. Must mean he was man. Because God stands strong. Ain't no shame in my game, baby. Right? When I put it out, I said it was good. That was one thing he said. It was very good. And anyway. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility. How, how can you do it? But see, you can't you can't make it on your own. If if you would consider him who endured the hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. When you're facing it, consider Him. Consider what He did. Consider what He went through. What He had to battle. Come on, you can't tell me, man, that this was easy for Him. Well, he was Jesus, and he knew that he was going to die on the cross. That you're going to tell me that it's going to make it better? What if I come to you and told you that you were going to get diagnosed with cancer and you was going to die a dreadful death? Would that be okay? It would be, oh, that'd be just fine. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. He knew doesn't make it any easier. When somebody hates you, and you know it, does it make it any easier? Those of you don't know who cares? But what if you know I'm going to hate you? Just because you know it, it's easier now? It's okay? You go home and you sleep like a baby, I mean. 
we're almost done. Just, I told you not long, and we're not. It, it ain't even 2 o'clock yet. It's 1.40. John 19.28, and I'm closing up. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. He said, man, I've run a long race. I'm thirsty. Somebody got some water. I've run a long race. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled the sponge with sour wine, but put on it hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It's finished. How was he able to do that? Go to Philippians, Sean, Tommy. How was he able to just say, okay, it's finished? Being found in appearance as man. How will you make this race? He humbled himself. Now listen and look at this. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Comma. He became obedient to death. Then, even. Jesus could not die on the cross before he died to himself. You want to finish this race? Oh, there's the key. Humble yourself and know that you can't do it on your own. It takes Jesus. Then he died on the cross. See, dying to yourself. Wow. Because we all struggle. If I was to do this question, how many of you in here are struggling with dying to self stand up? If I was to do that question. And if there was one person sitting down, I'd kick you all out. Every one of them. I'd just kick you out. Carry your membership up on the way out. Because you're lying. We all struggle dying to ourselves because it's about us the whole time we run this race is it not come on I wish I had a church that really understood <laughs> that knew that they knew that they knew that the only way I'm going to get through this is with Jesus Jesus is my pace car for those race car racers 
that like watching things around puts me to sleep. And I just go to sleep. After about the third lap. Not because of the noise, because it's boring. Oop. Disclaimer. For those of you that like racing, I am so sorry if I offended. Aren't you glad you came to church? Aren't you glad that you come to eat at the Father's table where the table spread and the feast of the Lord is going on? Eat till you're full. That's the only gluttony I'll tell you is not a sin. When you just keep eating the Lord's word. And you keep eating. And you keep, I'll just tell you, hey, that stuff there's probably not, don't have no calories. So you, husbands, take all. <laughs> he just put that in me and I got to share it with you. I love it. Husbands, what are we supposed to do with our wives? Feed them the word. We, not donuts, feed them, make them presentable through the watering of the word. See, when you're hungry, baby, I'm going to just say, eat on this a minute. This is filling, baby. You don't even have to join the gym now. I just saved myself $10. Now I can go get me a waffle. All right, I'm done. I ain't got no more. I, I just I don't think I have any more left. The race that's been set before you is a race of faith. Don't forget that. Don't forget that, man. This is the race of faith. It's not the race of finishing first. It's not the race of finishing with the most stuff. It's not the race of finishing with the best marriage. It's not the race of finishing with the biggest church. But it's to finish with the faith.